0: this is Carrie Ann again. Welcome to Sloths Love to Read. Today we're going to be reading a wonderful story called The Secret Garden. We're going to be reading chapter one. The book is by an author named Francis Hodgson Burnett. Let's get started. This is The Secret Garden by Francis Hodgson Burnett, Chapter 1. There is no one left. When Mary Lennox was sent to Misslethwaite Manor to live with her uncle, everybody said she was the most disagreeable-looking child ever seen. It was true, too. She had a little thin face and a little thin body. Thin light hair and a sour expression. Her hair was yellow, and her face was yellow because she had been born in India and had always been ill in one way or another. Her father had held a position under the English government and had always been busy and ill himself, and her mother had. Been a great beauty who cared only to go to parties and amuse herself with happy people. She had not wanted a little girl at all, and when Mary was born, she handed her over to the care of an ayah, who was made to understand that if she wished to please the Mem Shahib, she must keep the child out of sight as much as possible. So when she was sickly, Fretful, ugly little baby, she was kept out of the way, and when she became a sickly, fretful, toddling thing, she was kept out of the way also. She never remembered seeing familiarity anything but the dark faces of her Aya and the other native servants, and as they always obeyed her and gave her her own way in everything because the Mem Shahib would be angry if she was disturbed by her crying. By the time she was six years old, she was as tyrannical and selfish a little pig as ever lived. The English governess who came to teach her and read and write disliked her so much that she gave up her place in three months. And when other governesses came to try to fill They always went away in a shorter time than the first one. So if Mary had not chosen to really want to know how to read books, she would never have learned her letters at all. One frightfully hot morning when she was about nine years old, she awakened feeling very cross, and she became crosser still when she saw that the servant who stood by her her bedside was not her Aya. "'Why did you come?' she said to the strange woman. "'I will not let you stay. "'Send my Aya to me.' "'And the woman looked frightened, "'but she only stammered that Aya could not come. "'And when Mary threw herself into a passion "'and beat and kicked her, "'she looked only more frightened and repeated "'that it was not possible for her Aya to come to Missus Sahib.' There was something mysterious in the air that morning. Nothing was done in its regular order, and several of the native servants seemed missing, while those whom Mary saw slunk or hurried about with ashy and scared faces. But no one would tell her anything, and her ayah did not come. She was actually left alone as the morning went on, and at last she wandered out into the garden and began to play by herself under a tree near the veranda. She pretended that she was making a flower bed, and she stuck a big scarlet hibiscus blossoms into little heaps of earth, and all the time growing more and more angry and muttering to herself the things she would say and the name she would call Sadie when she returned. Pig, pig, daughter of pigs, she said. "'because to call a native a pig is the worst insult of all.' "'She was grinding her teeth and saying this over and over again "'when she heard her mother come out to the veranda with someone. "'She was with a fair young man, "'and they stood talking together in low, strange voices. "'Mary knew the fair young man who looked like a boy. "'She had heard that he was very young officer.' who had just come from England. The child stared at him, but she stared most at her mother. She always did this when she had a chance to see her, because the meme Shahib Mary used to call her that oftener than anything else, was such a tall, slim, pretty person and wore such lovely clothes. Her hair was like curly, curly silk, And she had a delicate little nose which seemed to be disdaining things, and she had large laughing eyes. All her clothes were thin and floating, and Mary said they were full of lace. They looked fuller of lace than ever this morning, but her eyes were not laughing at all. They were large and scared and lifted imploringly to the fair boy officer's face. "'Is it so very bad? Oh, is it?' Mary heard her say. "'Awfully,' the young man answered in a trembling voice. "'Awfully, Mrs. Lennox, you ought to have gone to the hills two weeks ago.' And the Mim Shahi wrung her hands. "'Oh, I know I ought,' she cried. "'I only stayed to go to that silly dinner party. What a fool I was!' And at that very moment, such a loud sound of wailing broke out from the servant's quarter that she clutched the young man's arm and Mary stood shivering from head to foot. The wailing grew wilder and wilder. "'What is it? What is it?' Mrs. Lennox gasped. "'Someone has died,' answered the boy officer. "'You did not say it had broken out among your servants.' I did not know, the Memsahib cried, Come with us, come with us, and she turned and ran into the house. After that, appalling things happened, and the mysteriousness of the morning was explained to Mary. The cholera had broken out in its most fatal form, and people were dying like flies. The Ayah had been taken ill in the night, and it was because she had died that the servants had wailed in the huts. Before the next day, three other servants were dead, and the others had run away in terror. There was panic on every side, and dying people in all the bungalows. During the confusion and bewilderment of the second day, Mary hid herself in the nursery and was forgotten about by everybody. Nobody thought of her, Nobody wanted her, and strange things happened of which she knew nothing. Mary alternately cried and slept through the hours. She only knew that people were ill, and that she heard mysterious and frightening sounds. Once she crept into the dining room and found it empty, though a partly finished meal was at the table and chairs and plates looked as if they had been hastily pushed back when the diners rose suddenly for some reason. The child ate some fruit and biscuits, and being thirsty, she drank a glass of wine which stood nearly full filled. It was sweet, and she did not know how strong it was and very soon it made her intensely drowsy, and she went back to her nursery and shut herself in, frightened by cries she heard in the huts and by the hurrying sound of feet. The wine made her so sleepy that she could scarcely keep her eyes open, and she lay down on her bed and knew nothing more for a long time many things happened during the hours in which she slept so heavily but she was not disturbed by the wails and the sound of things being carried in and out of the bungalow when she awakened she laid and stared at the wall the house was perfectly still she had never known it to be so still before she heard neither voices nor footsteps and wondered if everybody had got well of the cholera and all the trouble was over. She wondered also who would take care of her now since her Aya was dead. There would be a new Aya and perhaps she would know some new stories. Mary had been rather tired of the old ones. She did not cry because her nurse had died. She was not an affectionate child and had never cared much for anyone. The noise and hurrying about and wailing over the cholera had frightened her, and she had been angry because no one seemed to remember that she was alive. Everyone was too panic-stricken to think of a little girl no one was fond of. When people had the cholera, it seemed that they remembered nothing but themselves. But if everyone had got well again, surely someone would remember and come to look after her. But no one came, and she lay waiting. The house seemed to grow more and more silent. She heard something rustling on the matting, and when she looked down, she saw a little snake gliding along and watching her with eyes like jewels. She was not frightened, because he was a harmless little thing who would not hurt her, and he seemed in a hurry to get out of the room. He slipped under the door as she watched him. "'How queer and quiet it is,' she said. "'It sounds as if there were no one in the bungalow but me and the snake.'" And almost the next minute she heard footsteps in the compound and then on the veranda. And there were men's footsteps, and men entered the bungalow and talked in low voices. No one went to meet or to speak to them, and they seemed to open doors and look into rooms. What desolation, she heard one voice say. That pretty, pretty woman. Oh, I suppose the child too. I heard there was a child, though no one ever saw her and Mary was standing in the middle of the nursery when they opened the door a few minutes later. She looked an ugly, cross little thing and was frowning because she was beginning to be hungry and feel disgracefully neglected. The first man who came in was a large officer. She had once seen talking to her father. He looked tired and troubled, but when he saw her, he was so startled that he almost jumped back. Barney, he cried, there is a child here, a child alone, in a place like this. Mercy on us, who is she? I am Mary Lennox, the little girl said, drawing herself up stiffly. She thought the man was very rude to call her father's bungalow a place like this. I fell asleep when everyone had the cholera, and I have only just wakened up. "'Why does nobody come?' "'It is the child no one ever saw,' exclaimed the man, turning to his companions. "'She has actually been forgotten.' "'Why was I forgotten?' Mary said, stamping her foot. "'Why does nobody come?' And the young man, whose name was Barney, looked at her very sadly. Mary even thought she saw him wink his eye as if to wink tears away. Poor little kid, he said, there is nobody left to come. And it was in the strange and sudden way that Mary found out that she had neither father nor mother left. They had died and been carried away in the night, and that the few native servants who had not died also had left the house as quickly as they could get out and none of them even remembering that there was a Missy Sahib. That was why the place was so quiet. It was true that there was no one in the bungalow but herself and the little rustling snake. That is the end of chapter one of The Secret Garden. was the end of chapter one. Next time, we will read chapter two, Mistress Mary Quite Contrary. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope to see you all next time. This has been in collaboration with Sloth Dreams Publishing. Bye-bye for now.